Let's get to the cricket now, briefly, with sports commentator Sam Ackerman. Briefly, because there hasn't been a wicket this morning, Sam, and the Aussies are really beginning to build a bit of a total here in the first test. Good morning. Good morning. I was really hoping, uh, given that it's just the uh, the one wicket to go, that this morning they could skittle them for under 300, and technically they're not over 300 yet. Uh, no, they're but it's, for nine it, uh, right just, now. In fact, just ticked over. So mm. uh, 300 becomes, I think, a little bit of a, a mental win for Australia there. But I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I heard a lot of people say that the first first day honours of this test were even. I disagree. I think to take nine Australian wickets on that first innings, uh, and at that stage, just two, 274, I think it was, that that was a win to the Black Caps, given that they were without um, some key personnel, certainly uh, the, uh, a very inexperienced bowling attack. I mean, Matt Henry's only played 24 tests. We know that, that Tim Southey, very experienced. But aside from that, Kugeline. Uh, and uh, Willow Rock playing just, what, their second test each, I think? So it's, you know, it, it, that's not an attack that brims with experience, but they've taken to the world champion uh, a very strong side to keep him under control. Cam Green has been the one to get away. He's currently 116 unbeaten, and he's really rubbed salt in the uh, the wounds with that. But it's still, the, the Black Caps are still in a solid position, uh, and against Australia, it could easily go the other way quickly, and it could have gone badly yesterday, but the pressure came from uh, a fairly consistent basis. I was very impressed with Matt Henry and thrilled to see uh, Willow Rourke take uh, the wicket of Travis Head when his first first wicket yet for New Zealand against Australia, being the informed Travis Head for one. I mean, that's that's got to be a confidence booster. But they, they really need to uh, to wrap this one up quickly to get yeah. into the uh, into the batting, which is equally concerning with the incredible new ball attack that the Aussies have. So uh, an intriguing test match so well, look, far. When you, when you yeah. line up their new ball attack against what we had yesterday, and to your point, I mean, they're, they're missing the likes of a Trent Bolt, they're missing a Lockie Ferguson, they're probably missing more than that that I can't think of on the spot. Jamison's not there. Yeah, yeah. It, it, just, and that would have been a very different game. It's, it's a reasonably green wicket, but it's also a bit slow. Like, they're, they're kind of, they were hitting a lot of balls in the air, kind of a bit poppy. But I did think it's one of those wickets where you just have to be five balls out of six right in that nick zone and I don't know that consistency was quite there, agree with you good achievement to get where they got to but now they've scuttled away, really 300 on and they may well put a few more on Uh, but there is unquestionably a difference between the two sides in in this bowling attack and not for a lack of us having the players, they're just not on the field today I mean, what is the story with Neil Wagner, by the way, doing playing his last match as, as 12th man? See, has he got some kind of injury? He, he reti- he's, he's retired, so he's not technically there to play. He's staying with the team uh, as a team man, so he is he is retired from Test cricket. So he's not. But, but he's why made himself he unavailable. This, this, extra, this extra test was he not selected for it or what? What what did unfold he, there? Beats me to the ground. There's no way that they, they could have justified not picking him, other than uh, a shoulder tap saying we think your time has come and allowing them have that that conversation. So technically. Let, let's say that Scott Kugelin had been taken out by a sniper and they needed somebody in. He was there and he would have needed to play. But uh, I, I really it's, don't it's a understand str- it. Strange scenario. In, in, it in a match no where you have a depleted and inexperienced lineup, I don't understand it. Uh, Kugelin's line and length was not um, uh, perfect yesterday. He's picked up some wickets, got all him, you know, debut, O'Rourke, as you said, and, and uh, Henry playing above themselves. But in the context of it being Australia, um, and having these top bowlers out, I, I don't understand it unless there's something we don't know, whether it's potentially yeah. some kind of injury or something else that means he would rather but not bowl. Be, yeah, and look, it's he's if you had all our bowlers available and you told me to pick the lineup for the first test uh, against 
Australia, uh, I'd pick uh, Jamison first and I'd pick Neil Wagner second. I would never leave yeah. Neil Wagner Look, aside. Who knows? That's me personally. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, an incredible servant of New Zealand cricket, and a hell of a character. And you don't forget, he came over here close to the peak of his career and set out international cricket for you know three or four years, whatever the stand down period is, from South Africa for the chance to play for New Zealand. So it's he's been remarkable. He's but, one of those uh, players on, with what you call heart. And they yep. don't all have them that size. Let's see how they go. Of course, the big test will be, and I think someone's just smacked a six. <laughs> this is the problem when you get someone seven down and you don't push on. That's um, it. Yeah, 307 for nine there. Let, let's just see how the batsmen go, because it does not actually look like a particularly easy wicket at this stage. Now, let's get an update on the mouth guards controversies. Um, and, and we've talked about the smart, smart mouth guards. We've had scientists on explaining why they've been developed and we know and have done stories on the head injury, concussion and far more serious CTE and other conditions that are afflicting former football players, rugby players and other codes. But what happened last week with the smart mouth guards from your perspective and what's been announced since? Well, the announcement today is uh, after steadfastly saying that, look, it's here to stay and just, there's a few teething problems and we'll get our, uh, get our way through. As of this morning, players will not be automatically removed from the field as they have been if they uh, if the mouth guard the smart mouth guards transmit back the information that says oh, I think it was seventy five whatever it is is to pull them off uh, and now for this one they will now be checked on field by a doctor if they reach that and if uh, they cleared to go they then have to do the HIA head injury assessment test uh, at either half time full time depending which side of the half uh, they get injured so they still be checked but rather than pulling people off passing HIAs missing moments of the game which was making people a little irate and when you see other players get absolutely cleaned up, uh, not look like they've been knocked silly, and then they pass HIA tests and are able to play on. It's it's a, a messy scenario, but so so the, the easy way of looking at it this weekend, they're laxing up on it. They're still going to look at the information. They're going to still ask them to keep training with it and be able to track it. Uh, but it is not the automatic pull that it has been, which is uh, probably a slightly on the common sense side. If you're going to rush technology through, there are going to be problems with it rather than making sure it's tried and tested and everybody involved understands what's going on. But they're not walking this back. This might be a temporary stand down, but smart mouth guards will be here to stay. The the pressure that world rugby is under, there's still you know, class action lawsuits being discussed and all sorts of things coming for them here. They cannot be seen to then go, actually, we're taking this session. Actually, no, we'll, we'll walk it back. We'll take it back because then they put themselves in the firing line with a whole new generation yeah. of it. So it's it, they're here to stay. Sports evolve in, in different ways. And yes, this does take you know, some of the, the basic measures of, of rugby out and the ability to kind of play on and, and whatnot. But you know, look, they took the shoulder charge out of rugby. They took the uh, the, the, the headline, um, body line killer bounces out of out of cricket to uh, the extraordinary large extent. So sports evolve, you move on, and this will be part of it. It has to be. Breakers, how's their um, situation at the moment? Where are they at at this stage of the season? Well, they uh, they got the way into the playoffs uh, after, in the middle of the year, start of the year, it looked like a complete long shot. But uh, they're into the Australian NBL playoffs and they won their first game. They beat the Sydney Kings on the road. The Sydney Kings and the Breakers played in the uh, grand final series uh, at the end of last season. So they have knocked out the defending champions. It was uh, a great, look, they're digging deep. They're playing with this uh, chip on their shoulder, a bit of an underdog, see what you can do uh, approach. They've got the Illawarra Hawks, 
uh, in Illawarra on Monday. They managed to win that one. Then they're through to the semi-finals. So they were at the bottom end of the uh, the scale up the shore. You're in the playoffs, but we expect you to be bundled out first week. They're digging deep, uh, and this is uh, a breaker side that has, uh, has shown so much of this in the past. They had, a, had an incredible season last year after an abysmal one or two the year before. So it's, it, this is a this is a sign that Motomiore has, has really got the culture right within this team. Most most teams in most sports give up uh, their finals hopes at some point. We think, oh, it's just not our year. But they didn't, uh, and good on them. They got themselves in, in a position now where one more upset away from the semi-finals where anything can happen. Very good. Uh, looking around uh, other sports uh, and other teams at the moment, the New Zealand Golf Open uh, is that underway yeah. or nearly? Yes, underway, and and, and I suppose it's it's a it's a cool event because let's face it, the New Zealand Golf Open's not drawing the uh, the world's biggest names down here. But what it, what they have done is that they they drew a core from uh, the Asian tour, from Japan, from the Australian tour. Of course, New Zealanders Ryan Fox isn't coming down on this occasion; he's focusing on his other career stuff. But there is a, a good core of New Zealanders here, but as well as like amateurs and by amateurs, I mean like celebrity pros in there too. Ash Barty, the tennis champion, is taking part. Izzy Dag, former All Black, uh, is in there as well as. The the uh, you know, likes of comedians like uh, Hamish Nandy, one of those two is here. I can never tell them apart. Uh, but there's you know, people come down and, and have a crack. Uh, amateurs paying their own way helps to keep the the uh, event alive as well. So it's it's kind of cool. But what I really like is the New Zealanders are here. Are some really cool stories within it, and it's just great to be able to celebrate them on a, a national and a local and uh, a uh, local stage as well. Steve Alker is having a, a, an incredible year. Um, a seat will revival, if you like, in the seniors. Uh, he is uh, here, and he's got his wife Tanya uh, as his caddy for the first time since 2014. And he says, "Look, she knows she knows her golf. Not worried here." So, but that's a cool little combination. I can't imagine she's carrying the bags though, because uh, if my wife was my caddy, there's no way she'd make let, I'd, she'd be getting away with carrying the bag. She'd force me to, if, as she should, as the husband. <laughs> well, so you'd it's, be it's her a strange caddy, situation. Uh, I'd be carrying things. You're just saying use that club. Uh, yes, 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 dear. I shall. Yep. Uh, and Ben Campbell is a, is a Queens uh, Queenstown local. He's, he had a, a breakthrough win uh, overseas earlier this year, and he uh, he smacked in a, an eagle in the first round, which got the locals all revved up. And the one that I love the most, uh, Michael Hendry, who was actually the last Kiwi to win the New Zealand Open, uh, is his first time playing back at the event since uh, he had his leukemia diagnosis. Last April, he's been fighting it since, and a uh, very emotional time for him, his supporters, uh, and the golf community as well. So cool stories to keep an eye on out of the New Zealand Golf Open and, and a picturesque Queenstown. It is a beautiful course. Uh, the Laureus Awards uh, has a New Zealand nomination. That's right. Uh, and look, we're used to, uh, to seeing some New Zealand involvement here. The All Blacks have been nominated before. We've had uh, Dan Carter has won before, Sir Peter Blake, uh, motocross rider Levi, Levi Sherwood. They've all won before. But there's a name that's not a household name that's been put forward and, and deserves uh, to get a bit of mention here because she's got a worldwide platform. And that's uh, Nicole Murray. She's a uh, Paralympic cyclist who's up for para-athlete of the year. Um, there's six nominees uh, in the disability category uh, and uh, she won four Road World Cup events uh, and three track World Championship medals uh, last in the 2023 season. So uh, a wonderful achievement, wonderful result and to be put up there in that category uh, noting as well that she didn't win the uh, the, the Helberg uh, for sports athlete, but she's up for the Loris, which is literally rubbing shoulders with the likes of uh, the Springboks as uh, the Rugby World Cup champions, uh, the, uh, Novak Djokovic, a whole bunch of big names in there too. So a great little uh, nod for an incredible season and uh, an athlete who deserves to have their name mentioned out loud a lot more often than Nicole Murray. Now the NRL is underway this weekend. Yeah, well, yes. Uh, technically it's called Round Zero, which is... Uh, 
little counterproductive as the name, obviously, uh, but it's not the NRL full start. They are kicking off in Las Vegas. If you haven't heard about this to this stage, the NRL is going to spend uh, opening opening their season at Las Vegas for the next, I think it's uh, three to five seasons. Uh, and it starts with two games and doubleheader on Sunday afternoon. It's the, uh, it's what Manly versus the Bunnies and the Broncos versus uh, the Roosters. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a cool concept. We know we've talked about it before, Catherine, everyone wants a slice of the American market. But it's whether they get a big turnout will be interesting. Whether they get a big turnout for TV, they can get people to tune in. They've got Russell Crowe and some American football stars over there touting the rules and trying to say it's like American football without pads. And, you know, they go, who, how do they play this game? It looks so savage. They want to get it out there and watch. But what they really want, the real subtext is what they want, is into the betting markets over in America. If they can get a small slice of that, people start following the NRL betting on it. It's going to be a massive financial windfall for the NRL. That's why they're doing it. But the Warriors aren't playing this weekend. The rest of round one, as it stands, um, will be played uh, next weekend. So uh, no Warriors this weekend. But, you know, the, certainly a novelty uh, watching Lee get to Las Vegas. Half those who are going to be in the stadium have gone on uh, big trips. And my favourite headline so far is no injuries, no arrests. So far, Las Vegas is a success. And just to finish, because we know you've got some sporting stars in your own family um, and also <laughs> because you've been uh, spending some time helping out with an event, what, what happened last week at the Mounts that you were involved with? Yeah, so I was, the event's called Oceans, if you haven't heard of it. It's the uh, the Junior National Surf Life Saving Championships, and it is, it's incredible. There's over 700 athletes, uh, ranging between um, 10 and 14 or 15, uh, and it's 44 clubs from around the country, uh, you know, saw the efforts coming from those down south up there, the uh, Tatahi Bay team in Wellington, uh, had you know, the old seven-hour drive to to get there and bolt back to get to school the next morning out to finish on Sunday. But it's four days, Catherine. It's pretty gruelling. A lot of tears, a lot of tantrums, a lot of smiles, a lot that's of high fives. That's just the parents. That's, that's just the parents, absolutely. I, I, it's a lot of walking up and down the beach. I was beach managing for the uh, mighty Mount Monganui under 11s um, side of it. And I can tell you, my calves want a divorce from my legs. Uh, they've <laughs> given up on me. Uh, it was... Uh, ag- agonising, everyone collapsed in a heap at the end of it, but it's it's pretty special it watching is. these kids put in the scenario and the way they, they interact with the rest of the clubs too, so congratulations to everybody uh, that was there, and look, I don't know my young guy does, he backed up at the school swimming sports and took gold in all his events uh, yesterday as well, so uh, better him than me, but uh, he definitely didn't get his sporting genes from me. It skips his generation, Sam. His, Most his, things do. His, uh, his, his, his mum played for New Zealand ice hockey, so I'm taking that, I'm taking that as the uh, as the 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 wow. leaner, the enthousi- wow. enthusiasm from me, skill from mum, and thankfully looks from mum too. Thank you, Sam <laughs> Ackerman and Tauranga.